Hello and welcome to Nerd Portraits, the podcast where nerds get together to celebrate their passions, stories, and inspirations. And my guest at this time is the one and only Mark Donica. Mark, thanks so much for joining me for Nerd Portraits. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here, Pablo. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. Uh, a lot of people might not know this, but Nerd Portraits used to be Con Profiles, which was a little project I did at San Diego Comic-Con where I would ask people what Comic-Con meant to them. Mark was actually my first Con Profile back in 2016, I think, or 2017. That's the thing. When you when you were telling me about this, the the telling me about the idea of the podcast, I was like, wasn't that the, the Twitter account you did? And wasn't I on that? And you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you were the first one. Like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. The, and it's random how like those circles come together. Yeah. And first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who's Mark Donica? How did you get into this pop culture online sphere? Hmm. That's that's I'm going to try to be as quick as possible. I'm going to do the, quote, Reader's Digest version. I don't know if anybody knows what Reader's Digest is anymore. I'm finally old enough to make that joke. So <laughs> uh, ultimately, it came from uh, being in and around my position at the time from After Buzz TV. I, huh, it's, not, it's not a full origin so, because that whole, oh, that's going to take too long, but um Back in college, there was a uh, there were a couple of shows. There were video podcasts. So back before when it was just straight up podcasts, there were video podcasts which bloomed in a time before YouTube, where people could really just make anything, put it out for free, and it could find an audience. And there were two series. One was called Bus Pirates, which I haven't watched in a very long time, but I remember just absolutely enjoying. And the other one was a show called Tiki Bar TV which was featured on the video iPod when it debuted and uh, uh, shown on stage by Bill, Ga Bill Gates. What? Nope. Steve Jobs. It's, okay. I've, I've been watching a lot of epic rap battles lately, and that one is one of my favorites. But um, So Tiki Bar TV uh, really introduced me into this world of online video, and uh, the creator, Jeff McPherson, uh, Dr. Tiki, uh, was kind of instrumental in uh, showing me what digital fan bases and content creators should be like. Uh, very open with the community and uh, as, hmm, as, as open as you can really be. And the, the content was always solid. It was kind of niche but also right in my wheelhouse the the story of the show was essentially um a problem would arise in the tiki bar whether it was from the bar itself or from a uh, patron that would wander in from wherever it was and then the doctor would prescribe a cocktail to save the day and it would end with uh a dance it was it's it's not bizarre but it's still one of my favorite shows to go back and watch and i i regard it very very highly And at the time, I shared this with a new friend of mine. We latched onto it, and then that's when we started making our own content. And then years later, um, I, had, I had wrapped up a stint. I say wrapped up. It was wrapped up for me. I had wrapped up a stint with uh, Philip DeFranco shortly after oh. 
Okay. They start shortly after he started working with Discovery. They sort of changed the whole landscape of the company, and it it was what it was. If I learned a lot of stuff from that company, I, I met a lot of wonderful people from that company that are still my friends to this day. Um, but ultimately, it led me to having to get a new position and having to find a new position. I had started hosting the wrestling programs for After Buzz TV, which is still going right now, uh, and has become a wealth of uh, a, a wealth of talent for a variety of different companies. But um, I was hosting their NXT program. I had like just started doing their NXT program, and then I uh, a, a couple of months after going back to GameStop, which oh boy, that was a fun time. Um, I, I had asked, hey, do you guys need any help with behind the scenes stuff? Because I had history, I had history with the their particular software that they used for uh, video switching, the um, uh, their TriCaster, yada yada. So started working in tech, which allowed me to be at the studio a little bit more often, which uh, gave me a little bit more freedom to produce and and help hosts, and then that opened me up to more shows and doing more shows and so that led me to working with uh the schmoes and most importantly ken knapsack who is a very dear friend of mine to this day and that eventually led to me becoming one of the hosts of jedi alliance which uh is they they've sort of relaunched it as star wars news but the the actual jedi alliance show has been uh, wrapped up for a couple of years, but I got to I got to learn a lot from Ken. I got to learn a lot from Joseph Scrimshaw, John Roca, and then eventually we kind of transformed it into its own beast uh, with myself, Michael Young, and Alexis Torres. I I still miss that show very much. That was it was a lot of work, but it was uh, ultimately a lot of fun, and uh, that was one of the major ones that I did. I did a lot of stuff for animation, and I did. I stuck with wrestling all the way through till the end of my stay at the after at the at the end of After Buzz TV, which shortly after um, I started doing some more independent work. I started working with uh, Geek and Sundry, Critical Role, um, Artificial, which is an amazing show on Twitch by Bernie Sue. I actually won an Emmy for that show, oh. <laughs> um, and that eventually led me to uh, my most recent position which was working as a uh, on the production team for the WWE Performance Center. Yeah and I tried to make that as quick as I could. <laughs> that was great man. That was great. And uh I think we're going to go back to WWE in a little bit. Uh sure. but first of all, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that Jedi Alliance is really missed. There was a point <laughs> where it truly was the greatest Star Wars show on the internet. It was amazing. I would listen to it every week. I would go live. I would call into the show. And I think this takes me to the next topic. You've always been a voice of positivity in the online space. And I've always been really thankful uh, for you about that. You're always trying to like bring the positive side to things. I don't know if you can tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I I think... Like who has who has the time to be negative? You know, yeah. really, if you have time to be negative, then you you have time to be positive because you really have to try. And um, ultimately, one of the things that that I tried to do with 
the Star Wars community, we would always get a couple of people here and there that were just being negative for being negative. It's one thing to have differing opinions, you exactly. know, and and that's that's absolutely fine, and we can we can have a discussion about it. But if you're being negative just to be negative, or if you're being contrarian, what I don't I don't want to waste my time with that, you know, because then you're slowly poisoning the well. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that I was very open with was keeping that positivity and and there how could you how could you spend your time watching something just to be negative about it that i i never really understood so and when it comes to the star wars fandom there is a lot of negativity just because the discourse has kind of soured and and it's not uh it's it's part of the reason why i i've been trying to not necessarily distance myself because I still mm-hmm. do like Star Wars, but especially there's a lot surrounding how it wrapped up with uh, Rise of Skywalker, yeah. where people even so even then the reaction to Last Jedi versus the reaction to Rise of Skywalker presented some opposition. Mm-hmm. Let's let's say opposition, and some of the stuff being negative for one reason, some of the stuff being some of the stuff being just purely negative and some of the stuff being just just neg- or opinion based negativity i don't know it's it's very hard to to <laughs> it gets describe. tricky yeah it's tricky but um something that that i've always kept for myself was if i'm going to be spending my time in this space no matter what space it is whether it's uh video games or or anything anything that i i'm going to be spending my time on I want to be able to enjoy because everybody's time is so important. And so you got to respect people's time, whether you're a creator, whether you're a a viewer, whatever. So in, in that instance, I don't necessarily venture too far out of my comfort zone or my bubble, I should say when it comes to stuff that I like, but Mm -hmm. in that I end up watching stuff only watching stuff that I enjoy, and if I don't enjoy it, I let it fall to the wayside. And and I'm trying. I try as a a person in the public space. You you got to try to spread that. And when it comes to uh, specifically to wrestling fans and wrestling, one of my goals with one of the last shows that I did, the wrestling professionals, was to create a better wrestling fan. Because sometimes people, there's a lot, a lot of misconceptions when yeah. it comes to the wrestling industry, and fans are very, well, I didn't like it this week, so I'm not going to like it ever again. When you're looking at an ongoing weekly product, and it's you, you got to take what you get, wait for next week, so that you can apply that to the week. Pre- like people who have been watching wrestling for years still don't understand how you're supposed to watch wrestling and, and in reviewing it and, and covering it, which uh, I still kind of do to this day, uh, try to provide perspective and, and give people insight from somebody who's worked in and around the business and with people that have worked in and around the business so that we can present this picture of, Hey, this is, this is the, product not (laughs) it's not what you think it is but here's here's all of the information you need to take it in and and accept it and enjoy it because ultimately we want people to enjoy everything that's the point that's why 
products and shows and podcasts and things are made so that people can enjoy them and so that everybody can come together over this topic. And if you have that one poisonous drop in the well that's just going to ruin it for everybody, then then what are we doing this for? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really a really wise point of view and a really necessary one as well, mostly in these times that are so polarizing with online communities. And talking about WWE, you mentioned you have been a production member of the Performance Center. How did that happen? How, how do you go from talking about wrestling after Buzz to working for them? <laughs> so there, there's a lot. And... There's a, um, it took me about 10 years to become an overnight success. And that's usually the, the part that when I was starting out in online video, it was a thing of all I need to do is make that one thing. It goes viral and I'm set, which is a terrible mindset to have. Uh, you really got to put in the work and it started, uh, when I'm, I, it's, it's all about who, you know, and, and it's uh luck is when opportunity meets preparedness i'm just naming all of the platitudes but they are all 100% accurate about 10 years ago um a friend of mine was uh training to become a professional wrestler or a couple friends of mine were training to become professional wrestlers and they started doing shows the school needed videographers so I was like, hey, I've got, I've got a camera, blah, blah, blah. And so that's when I started shooting and editing wrestling. And then from there, I had always kind of been revolving around it. Then let's fast forward a little bit to After Buzz TV, where now I am a part of a wrestling show. I'm also producing all of the shows about wrestling. So there's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, eventually Lucha Underground. Um, and then a a fortuitous opportunity came and i'm i'm still so i'm so lucky to this day where um the producers maria menunos and and kevin undergaro came to me with hey we're doing a show with sean waltman x-pac six take your take your pick um he's he's doing a podcast for us and and we need somebody that knows wrestling that can produce the show they came to me and i worked with sean waltman for two years and there were highs, there were lows, but ultimately Sean is a very dear friend and I, I adore him so much, but uh, that show allowed me a lot of opportunity to uh, meet and uh, be a producer in and around uh, talent, whether it's WWE or any, other in, any of the other companies that we were talking to at the time. And eventually uh, Sean... I was Sean's right-hand man when it came to WrestleMania 34. We spent all weekend at WrestleCon. I, I was Sean's liaison for the, the representatives of the convention. And then we ended up uh, going to WrestleMania and as a part of Sean's group, not click. I'm going to be very specific and not say we're not a part of Sean's click. Uh, and, um, and that was a completely different experience. So to be looked at as a professional, a wrestling professional, which is sort of how I started thinking of, I'm not a professional wrestler, I'm a wrestling professional. Um, and, and in and around that space. And so af- so I've been producing f- with Sean for a very long time up until 
I was offered this position. But just before I was offered this position, uh, a friend of mine. So I was, I was a freelancer in the digital space as a producer, and uh, that could come with a lot of ups and downs. A lot of oh, we don't have anything for you this week. Uh, scheduling, yada yada yada. And so um, a friend of mine asked if I wanted to shoot essentially a short film for his character for this independent wrestling company, different company than the one before. And ultimately it was, Hey, I need a job, but also I can help my friend with a calling card for his character by shooting on a project with him, which was great. Um, The project itself, we were shooting in uh, a place called 29 Palms, which is the desert, literally the desert. And the, the location specifically was this uh, cinder block, uh, one room building that I don't know what it's used for. And we, we had built like a miniature set in and around this quote compound. And we shot all night. Uh, we started from sundown and I think we went till about three, four in the morning. Wow. And uh, the director was very open. He had a general idea, but because I was the one looking in the camera, he was like, what are you thinking? But I, <laughs> I, was, a, I was a little ornery, to be, to be fair. I was a little ornery and was like, dude, I need a little bit more direction than what do you want me to do? I, uh, he, he was a, a, a friend of mine, so I was, uh, he was also a friend of mine, so you know, we're staying friendly, staying professional, all that, all that stuff. But a little, a little barb here and there. Um, ultimately, uh, we shot something. I cut it together in a couple of hours. The show was a couple of days away, so they had some time with it. But uh, ultimately, that experience helped me with uh, very much thinking on the fly and adapting to the location which was about it had about 40 to 50 mile per hour winds all night so we essentially had very little sound if there's any audio we had to be very specific about it and sort of like form a human wall around the person that was talking so that we could hear them up against the wind um but uh so project's done that goes along about a month later the director of that short, the director of that piece says, hey, I just uh, heard that there's this position available and I think you'd be the best person for the job. And that ended up linking me up to the person who ran the wrestling school 10 years ago who was now working for WWE saying, oh, you want this job? Cool. Apply. And we'll do all, we'll we'll get make sure that everything is taken care of so that you can be one of the front runners and I'll put in a good word for you. And the same thing, Sean Waltman was like, Oh, you're applying, put my name on your list, blah, blah, blah. Oh. Like what over the years, accrue like knowing people in the wrestling industry and and not just knowing people, but working with them mm-hmm. and creating these these positive experiences with them allowed me to put an all-star list of references which that along with my all of the work that i had done for the past 10 years plus allowed me to get this position which i i hold very highly 
or not not as a high position, but I personally hold very highly because I get to start on the ground floor in a very wonderful place in the in the industry, and uh, I, I'm it's it's been an amazing time so far. That that's amazing, and it 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 fills me with joy to like listen to this story because I think we met like four or five years ago, and you were doing the after bus after shows, and to see you grow, that's that's amazing. But it's one of those things where if if anybody if you're in the digital space, no matter yeah. where it is, if there's a portion of the industry that you want to work in, you just got to keep going. You just got to exactly. keep meeting people, and you got to keep yeah. taking chances. Because I I didn't know what to expect with any of this stuff, but it was mm -hmm. also the idea of I got to try to get my foot in the door. If yeah. if this is ultimately where you want to work, if this is ultimately what you want to do, you gotta you gotta put the miles in. You gotta get the reps just so that people can go, oh, they did this. Oh, they did this. Absolutely. Oh, they did that. And and ultimately that's what's gonna be your that's what's gonna be your key is yeah. the fact that you've taken those chances and oh he's worked with this person and oh this and oh that. And so that by the time even even though you may think oh that job was whatever It, that could be the one that gets you to the next to the next step up the ladder. Of course, and I think that's something that you've always tried to like motivate others to push for that to like achieve that thing that you want. And that's something that I really admire from you. Because you you see it, you know, you can see yeah. looking at looking at Ken Napsok. And and looking at he started in radio, he he took a turn for a professional reason in order to to keep paying the bills, but he kept doing schmo downs or schmo stuff on the side, eventually yeah. leading to full time positions. And he's started he went he's essentially gone back to radio with all of his different things that he's doing, but he finally put out a a book on star wars he is yeah. a somebody came to him and said we want you to write a book about star wars and that's i i can't imagine well a higher high would be if that was kathleen kennedy but <laughs> there i i can't imagine a higher high than than getting sort of that acknowledgement and putting out a great product which you can get on on amazon right now absolutely i think i have it around here wait why we love star wars by ken yeah. Amazon. Great book. I, I've had a chance to read it and mm. Ken did an amazing job. And going back to WWE and the production process, could you tell us a little bit about what it's like producing a wrestling show rather than a short film or something like the matter? Um, I'm not going to go too far into it, but ultimately yeah. it's the same thing. You've got, you've got your director, you've got, you've got your producers, you've got All right, what what story are we trying to tell? And you've got mm -hmm. uh, you've got the talent that is going to perform it. But usually, it's one and done. You know, okay. you have one shot to do this, yeah. and all of the all of the, uh, the the talent involved have been spending years. Whether it's two or twenty, you know, there's some mm -hmm. people that walk into the performance center from other other sports and other uh, disciplines that are now applying that to this new trade. And so re regardless of, of uh, experience, you have to go in, you have to get this done. And depending on the, the product, depending on how well it gets received, 
we, we either do this all over again or we put you with another dance partner or okay. or whatever so it's it's all of it's the same thing just in a a smaller microcosm of all of your experience to perform once that performance is done it's okay what's the next one great i think that's a really solid answer and before going into that you were you had a run in the movie tribute showdown as part of mm. uh You were Mark the Enforcer, Donica. I remember that. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about how that process of going into the Schmodown was? Which, by the way, for anyone that doesn't know, is a movie trivia competition, which mixes elements of wrestling and movie trivia. I guess that'd be a really concise the, way to put it. So, yeah, that's that's pretty good. It's essentially the the showmanship of professional wrestling meets real movie trivia there's no gimmicks there's no hey you're gonna win so so don't <laughs> so so if even if you know the question don't answer it correctly or something like there's there's no that there's no gimmicks there's no that it's it's a lot of work and so it's something where it it differs from professional wrestling in that regard where the movie trivia is real the competition is real um it's just sort of people's personalities heightened to 11 um And that's not to say that the competition isn't real in professional wrestling. It's a different kind of comp. You, I don't have. To, I don't have to go into that. People are smart enough to understand what that means. Yeah. But um, when it came to that, uh, I, it started with my TriCaster work. I started working with a bunch of different studios. I eventually en ended up working with uh, the Schmoes while they were still at. Um, oh goodness. Uh, Toad Hop. The, Say again, Toad Hop. I d I don't remember to be Are honest, the... but I I I did I did a couple of shows with yeah. in and around some of their talent, and then uh, eventually I don't know I don't know who it was. I somebody somebody invited me into. I think the first thing that I came to was the Schmodown Awards. The, okay. the the season before I started, I came into the Schmodown Awards and I met everybody, um, and then. I came to a couple of other matches, but ultimately there was this, uh, there was the mini tournament that they were doing where it was, uh, I had been talking to, to Christian a little bit about my character. I was almost, I was almost the gentle giant. Like that was, that was something that he floated by me and I was like, I can make that work. That's, that's essentially me. Um, but then uh, as we were going, as we were getting to that fatal five way, my, my debut match, Um, he was like, all right, I want you to be the enforcer. Essentially, just be Diesel. Just be Kevin Nash. And yeah. I was like, okay. So I got a glove, I something that kind of looked like a like I got a shirt rolled up my sleeves and kind of made it like echo the vest look. I wore my uh uh what was it? My what was it? What's the what's the Brock Lesnar shirt that eat sleep? That's what it was. Eat sleep gonk repeat my gonk droid shirt, which I just <laughs> was so dumb, but I loved it. Um so Uh, that that's how I got into it. I got to work with uh, some wonderful people that day and beyond hope, beyond hope. That was another instance of preparedness and, uh, and meeting opportunity. Cause I, I was lucky. I was with a lot of heavy hitters in that, in that episode. Uh, let me see Mike Carlson, uh, Adam, Adam Hlavik and Keaton Markey and uh, Coy. Koi, I was really worried about because he'd be in, in and around the show for a while. Keaton knows her stuff. Adam's a huge nerd. And uh, Mike I, is a 
pure character and I, I love him. I absolutely adore him. That was a wonderful group to debut with. And then I'll never forget, I was being interviewed and I look over my shoulder and here comes, uh, here comes the lion's den, which was a, a big faction at the time. And I was like, oh my God, is this actually happening? And they, they came in and they offered me the thing. And I was trying to be the character that Christian asked me to be. And in that left it kind of ambiguous. And then uh, I had a, a little bit of a run. I ended up making it up to a title match with Jason Inman, who is a, another wonderful human being. It's the, the, sh- the Schmodown is full of wonderful human beings trying to make a good entertaining show, which is something that you want, something that you need in the space. And the, the being able to uh, perform for them was really fun. It got my name out there. Um, and it sort of brought back an old thing that I used to do just sort of like, yeah, in and around people. Like, so, uh, the the fist raise thing the diesel thing that was something that i used to also do back in high school where uh because at the time uh biker taker american badass taker would do the thing where he would put his fist up before he left the room and as i used to do that uh in in pe whenever i would do whenever i thought i would do something cool i would just throw my fist up in the air and i was like oh that's fun that's cool let me see if we can make that a thing again yeah and we did, and it was cool, and it sort of became the image, the uh, silhouette, if you will, of of the Enforcer. Um, ultimately, uh, I didn't win the Intergeekdom Championship. That was a very, very difficult match to prepare for. Um, but then, uh, sh- shortly after that, I uh, beat Gerber, and then I... Then what happened after that? Then oh, then it was Kalinowski. So then uh, I had a match with Mike Kalinowski, where he was way more prepared. Uh, I I studied my ass off for that match, and it was in that process where uh, a couple things happened. And this isn't something that I blame on the show or Mike or anything. It's just something that happened. Um, I I finally was able to determine that I was having anxiety attacks and panic attacks and things of that nature. And in the studying process, I realized that I started having an anxiety attack that kept going all the way through till way, even after the match, but it it lasted for a few days, but I had no idea that's what it was until my very genius wife presented the idea that it could be that. And when she said that, a lot of stuff started falling into place. And from there, I went in, I was I went to my physician, I was able to get medication for it. And uh, I'm a lot more cognitively aware that these are this is a thing that can happen. Yeah. And so looking at the stimuli, looking at everything, I decided that I probably shouldn't put myself in those situations again. And I told Christian, hey, I'd love to be in and around as a personality. But when it came to actually performing and actually uh, competing, and and if anybody is, is listening that is still a fan of the Schmodown, she's talked about it. I, I got contacted by Roxy Stryer as recently as uh, a, a week ago 
because they're doing this they're doing a new uh, a new some new stuff with the the work from home uh angle i say angle mm-hmm. but um she contacted me about wanting to get back into it because she she recognized that i i'm a name she recognized that i was good and all that stuff and even with as big of a heralding as that you know i would have been on a team with chris jericho like all so much stuff and i i just know that right now especially right now uh i i gotta do what's good for my mental health and and that's not a knock against anybody that's that's me just trying to be trying to stay as positive as i can and not working myself into a hole um but ultimately i got to be on a team with ken I got to bring a little bit more notoriety to one of my favorite bands because the music I came out to was uh, the Proto Men's version of There's No Easy Way Out, which is the one of the best covers ever, bar none. And um, I got to meet a lot of really cool people that I, I still talk to to this day. And Roxy is a, a friend from After Buzz TV because we, we were in the trenches for that company for, for a couple of years, which was great. Um, but... Ultimately, it's it's something that I can look back on with positivity, and I check in every now and again. But mostly for my mental health, I just try to I try to keep a safe distance, and and that's just something that I don't want the anxieties to creep back in of doing all of the work and not watching movies to enjoy watching movies, which I guess goes back to the positivity, you know, because you would have to be at least passively versed in some stuff and when it comes to inner geekdom especially there is some stuff that you have to know from movies that aren't very good and and if you call yourself an expert in a particular field you have to watch that stuff over and over and over or even just look at at facts or just watch just watch uh star wars explains over and over (laughs) and over again which isn't necessarily a bad thing because alex and molly damon are wonderful people but it's it's that thing where the the magic that brought you to the movies could start to fade away and that's and that's nobody's fault but it's it's one of those things that i don't ever want to go away because movies are wonderful yeah. what a weird a weird note to stop at <laughs> no I, I think it's a great point and thank you so much for opening up about those issues it takes a lot of bravery from you and speaks really highly of you and i think we got well, it's remember, one of those things yeah it's one of those things where the more people talk about it, the easier it is to talk exactly. about. Yeah, and we got to remember that at the end of the day, there's people in this boat, and it's not characters. As you said, it's something with personalities are just heightened. So we got to remember there's a person standing there and trying to remember every single detail behind a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thanks so much for talking to me about that. And to wrap up the show, I like like re- grabbing a couple of random questions. So I'm going to like roll a digital dice to get from the bank. Oh, so, boy. Okay, first question. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Hmm. That's difficult. That's that's really hard. Really hard to... Yeah. to hmm, hmm. That's, not, that's not a quick answer for me. Okay. Um, Do you want me but, to go to I another say, one? Well, okay. No, no, no. no. Huh. I'll, I'll try. I, I think it's, it's something that I've been kind of reiterating is you never know what job will take you to the next one. So look at everything as an opportunity and do the best you can and try to get a story out of it. 
I think I think that's the best way that I can condense all of that. I, and I think it it's a really good advice. And the last question: What is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Huh. Um, I know my palate, so <laughs> I don't necessarily adventure out. Um, huh. I don't know if I have an answer for that either. I would say re-roll the dice. Okay. I'll be here thinking, what, 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 what? <laughs> So yeah, I, I don't usually branch out. I'm, I'm not right. to say that I'm, I'm a boring eater, but like, if it's weird, no. <laughs> okay, don't, no. don't worry. <laughs> okay, uh, how do you like your steak cooked? Um, medium rare. Because if, if okay. rare or medium rare, if if I if I undershoot it and get rare, that's fine. But medium rare is probably the the best way to do it. That's a great answer. I I agree totally with you. And that has been uh the, this episode of Nerd Portraits. Please, Mark, go ahead and plug in anything that you want to. Where can people find you on the internet? Usually, if you just Google Mark B. Donica, you can find me. I'm currently doing a five-day-a-week Twitch schedule, which includes some podcasts, including um, Wrestling Watch-Alongs for NXT, which is my favorite show, and um, having insights with one of my best friends who is currently a professional wrestler. And so we we talk on a little bit of a different level than just, ugh, you know? Um, yeah. I also do a podcast with my wife called Party of Two, which is a theme park podcast where we talk about everything under the sun, not just Disney. And right now, uh, we're doing we're recording on Twitch. So we're doing a pre-show, a post-show, and then the show in the middle where there's some audience interactivity, but it, the audience does help sort of form what that show is. If you if you just go to twitter.com slash markbedonica, I link all of my stuff all the time. My current schedule is my pinned tweet. And um, podcasting is kind of the way to reach out into the world right now. So I, I appreciate you contacting me, Pablo. It was nice to hear from you. Oh, you're welcome. It's really nice to hear from you as well. And thank you so much for joining me. I think this was a great chat. And thank you for listening to Nerd Portraits. <laughs>